Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind or those searching for a better way to live. Rich and Susan Collenberg found freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago. In the series, The Temple of the Mind, they examine the Beatitudes, the Lord's Prayer, and other Bible passages to show how God uses His Holy Word in the events and trials of life to prepare hearts and minds to be the temple of His Holy Spirit. Take every thought captive now on Freedom to Choose. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, with power and glory Hello everyone, my name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose, and we are on our series now called The Temple of the Mind, and this is program number nine. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you. Hmm. So this will be an interesting, uh, this is an interesting topic. It doesn't seem like a very... um, Blessed are you when someone... (laughs) Doesn't sound like too much like a blessing. No, it doesn't, and we're going to look at that. Um, Before we get going, Susan, would you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we are grateful that um, we have lived another day. We're, we're thankful that you have provided for our very needs. And we just ask right now that you would send your Holy Spirit, help us to um, see behind the, the scenes and to recognize that um, even though people may not treat us correctly, it's not about us. It's about that bigger picture. And we're thankful that you are the master artist of everything in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Susan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was just sitting here right before the program, jotting down a couple of notes, and I remember someone once said that character is the great harvest of life. And I was actually looking at someone's notes the other day. Uh, I can't remember what it was for, but um, one of the notes said that God feeds all the birds, but he doesn't drop the seeds off in their nest. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. And if we apply that spiritually to, uh, you know, character, it's hard work. Right. It takes work to it, gather the food. It, it takes work. It's hard work. It's So not only is it hard work to live in days like the, like what we're entering into, it's hard work for that transformation of character. Yeah, and, yeah. and it is the great harvest of life because Jesus says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, and living according to the spiritual nature is so much opposite of of living in the carnal nature and i also jotted down in my notes that do you remember back in in we we both susan and i both grew, grew up in a little town called lincoln and um that was back during the days when uh doctors made house calls yes remember that yes and i did, actually did, walked by um a doctor's house Across the high, from the high school, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and so we we would know what doctor's name and everything, and they would make house calls. But this is exactly what God is doing. He's making house calls, and in other, if God did not want us to uh, have a clean temple of the mind, 
it would be like a doctor making a house call not wanting to make the patient well. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. In other words, and, and this does happen sometimes. Sometimes we just treat symptoms. Sometimes the doctors just treat symptoms and they don't get to the root of the problem. This program, the Temple of the Mind, is about God getting to the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is, of course, us having, uh, it's okay to have emotions, but it's not okay for your emotions to have you. Mm -hmm. Because then your nature begins to rule you, and we act out accordingly, and when we do, we hurt people. And so uh, we're going through the Beatitudes, and we're talking about the Temple of the Mind, and Jesus is actually illustrating through the Beatitudes and through some of his other sayings um, the character traits that don't incur guilt. Right. So what is so important about character? Well, and, and, and we talk about this quite often, um, that we are the dwelling place of God. Mm-hmm. It's where God dwells on this earth, is in the hearts and minds of his people. And so um, 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 3.16 says, Don't you know that you are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in you? Well, that's pretty important information there. If God's going to dwell on this planet, he's going to dwell in the hearts of minds of his people. Well, I like what you said um, just to, uh, right at the opening where you said that, um, you know, God is not in this t- to fail, basically, is kind of what you right. said. So he's not a doctor that's that's going to come to you and not cure you or and restore you. Right. And so that's what, to me, that's what this is all about. So we have this carnal nature that just reigns over our decisions, over everything, and God is saying, but that's not the spiritual way that my universe works on. Right. But I am the one who's going to step in and do everything necessary so that you can have that transformation of character. So you don't need to treat your symptoms yourself. Did you ever treat your own symptoms? I always Did treat you my own symptoms. You self-medicate, don't we? I do, yes. That's what we call an alcoholic is treating his own symptoms. Right. He's trying to... He's trying to numb the pain or get himself into an alternate reality because life on life's terms is too painful. Well, and and what's interesting is that um, a listener in the area contacted me, and she came by the house the other day, and she was explaining, well, I don't have, um, you know, alcohol or drug problems, but I do have other other things that control my life that I let control my life emotions and my thoughts mm-hmm. and so it's not yeah. just about the it's, drugs and alcohol it's no. about being angry it's about being resentful it's about being um fearful yeah you know, all those things impact our characters and god is trying to say and and so hence the the title of this when men shall revile you the people don't like people that are acting right right they don't you know you go to a bar and what's the first thing someone wants you to do sit down and have a drink with me and let's co- commiserate mm-hmm. a lot of times, at right. least with an alcoholic. I, right. You know, normal people drink, it's different. Yeah. But um, but for an alcoholic, that's that's what it's all about. And it's it, it's any kind of addiction. I mean, I, I had an employee a while back that I almost had to let go because he'd stay up all night playing video games and then he'd wake up at 12 noon and finally call in and say, hey, I'm not coming in today. Right. Um, once again, Treating the symptoms and getting into an alternate reality. Right. Um, self-medication is just that. It's treating the symptoms, but it's not getting to the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. Character development is getting to the root of the problem. Right. And that's why Jesus wants to cleanse our temple, and that's why we've named this series the Temple of the Mind, mm-hmm. is because if we can get into that frame of mind that 
number one, it's not this bad thing is not happening to me. It's happening for me. Right. So that I can get well, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and we look at those life we're that get, way. Hopefully we get to that one scripture we were talking about earlier that said that um, God wants us to have that righteousness. Yeah. He wants us to have who, you know, wants us to take in his characteristics so we can have those characteristics so we can understand what it's like to be free. Right. From the burdens totally of free. sin. To be free from the things that make us angry at ourselves or angry at somebody else. Yeah. So it's about restoring us back to um, rightness with yeah. God and with ourselves. Yes, it is It is f- frustrating sometimes to, um, I know, you know, last weekend my, my nature got the best of me and I got, uh, I got really frustrated and I was angry because my emotions were ruling me for a time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, there's, a whole host of reasons, you know, you get extra super tired, you take on too much or whatever. And, uh, but it is frustrating to have one's emotions, uh, rule them for whatever short period of time it is. So maybe it's a good time to bring up the four squares because, um, you know, when we, um, I'm thankful that God is as merciful as he is and that he does understand where we're coming from and where we're at. And how um, he continues to work on our behalf mm-hmm. to have those different characteristics that are okay. in the beatitude. So she brought up the four squares, so I'm jotting them down here so I can remember them. Right. C C U C. Okay. Okay. So we were. So the one last thing is, why are the characteristics described in the beatitude so contrary to human nature? Okay. Why? Why are Why are we so different from what Jesus describes us? That we're supposed to be. I think mainly it's self-justification. Mm. You know, we just we get angry, then we make up an ex- a really good excuse at why we got angry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, it, it has to be like a lack of accountability for uh, for our own selves, right? I mean, yeah, exaggerating and then justifying your exaggeration, lying and then justifying the lying becomes such a part of us that seeing somebody, what do you want to call them, a goody two-shoes or whatever, becomes really annoying, mm. you mm-hmm. know? Oh, they got to do everything right, and they, and, and they this and that. But it is. I mean, Jesus came, he did everything right, and it bothered them. Right. Really bad. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that's a big part of it. Um, did you want to, did you want to get in, do the four squares here? And how... Um, uh, the character kind of changes over time. Yeah, because we we yeah, let's do it because okay. we, we call it the four squares. We kind of invented that rule, but I, it's there's several different names. This is this has been given, but uh, it, it, we go from an unconsciously incompetent stage to an unconsciously competent stage through four stages. And of course, the first one is unconsciously incompetent. We like to say, simply put, you're blowing it and you don't even know it. Right. You're unconscious of your incompetency. Right. But then then something happens, a moment of clarity, a tragedy or whatever. And now you become unconsciously or you come, become consciously incompetent. Right. Let's say let's say you're. Um, let's say you're you're. Oh, I see. Let's say that you use bad language. That I use bad language. Yeah, let's okay. say we're going to use, we're going to, Susan's going to be our our, uh, our prop here, if okay. you will. Susan's in the backyard and 
she she does a little swearing every now and again because things aren't going quite right in the garden or whatever and so <laughs> she drops some four <laughs> she she's out there screaming at the plants or whatever and it's not coming out quite right but then uh, to, you know a couple of weeks later the next door neighbor kid comes over who is 4 years old and starts dropping the same four letter words that Susan was dropping uh-huh. and Susan realizes oh my I I have been saying bad words and now the neighbor kid has picked up my bad words and now Susan has just become consciously incompetent because now Susan's going to invent all kinds of words that are not quote unquote dirty words but they sound kind of like dirty words, and I'm not going to say any of them. Abbreviated, they're abbreviated right. dirty words. Or a and, different word y- in place of the dirty word. Right, right. Darn or yeah. whatever, right? And right. so so then that moves into the con- the, the uh, con- consciously competent where she's pulling it off. But, I mean, it is a battle, right? And so everything is a fight. You know, you've done it when—I did it when I quit smoking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was—, I was consciously incompetent in other words at a moment of clarity hey, a little tap on the shoulder rich you need to quit smoking right okay right. now i'm consciously incompetent i know i need to quit god has told you're me you're blowing to quit. it but now I, I, you know yeah, it. i'm blowing it but now i know it i'm <laughs> right. in stage two right? right square two and then you get to to square three where you're eating i remember lemon drops or but butter balls or whatever and you've got these hand motions and but you're pulling it off you're not smoking now we switch to the smoking yeah now yeah, yeah now we're we're not yeah. smoking we're pulling it off but yeah. it's hard every you, you after it takes you have constant effort constant effort after constant lunch you, want, you go out to the same place you used to have a cigarette but now you don't have it and you pull a couple lemon drops out and you frown and you eat the lemon drops but you're not smoking right consciously competent yes and then of course you finally get to the point where you know i haven't thought about smoking in 24 years i think it's been yeah unconsciously competent now that happens in every part of character transformation in every part of physical addiction in anything you got to go through those four stages and so can it go so you go through those stages, but it can be for good or for evil. It can. Right? It you bet. So you can develop. So it's kind of like you're. It, you can develop on one way or another way. There's a saying that some will become so settled into the truth that they can't be moved. Well, others will be so settled into the lie that they can't be moved. Right. We will move ourselves one way or an, or the other, mm-hmm. depending on on which nature. We want to serve. Right. And that's what this whole program is about. The temple of the mind, character development, the spiritual nature, keeping in check that carnal nature so we don't harm people, so we don't do things we regret, so we don't do things that incur guilt Mm -hmm. so that we're not packing a bag of guilt around and more with... The more guilt we pack around, the guiltier we are, the meaner we become because we're carrying the guilt. And boom, we're being solidified. into a different way. Into a different way. Yeah, and settled into the lie that we can't be moved. And so it's a really, uh, we feel that this is a real timely, um, timely time (laughs) for this series. Right. Is to, 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 we need to wake up and realize that the devil is running around like a roaring lion and he does not want us to act properly. Right. 
He wants us to have hatred in our hearts. It seems like it's almost like the world outside the world, and even in the church, that that's what's happening. It's like Satan has got all of his minions going around and setting things up so that we are nothing but antagonistic towards one another. Yeah, And um, I, I, I believe that that's what Jesus, you know, that's what I think um, was so evident in his life was that he, when, when, Pete, when the Pharisees and the high priest accused him and tried to get him into that get him behavior, yeah. he, he wouldn't go. He, he didn't, right, he didn't make that move towards that. You yeah. know, he he never put himself first. Mm-mm. And so that's interesting. He never put himself first, but he is first. Yep. You know what I mean? So when when you, um, you know, as you give, then you receive. I think that's one of the laws of God's kingdom, of his universe. Yeah. Is that by by allowing other, you know, by not desiring the first place, you actually you yeah. know, occupy that place. Yeah, he who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. It's the reverse. It's the reverse spectrum. It's the reverse of everything. Right. So, so what happens when you're treated in a in okay when it when the rubber meets the road in real day life, like for you and I? What ha- What is the danger of retaliating against someone? Okay. So now this is what. The gospel is based on the it, the law of escalation is real. You know it. You can watch it happen. It is predictable. When we retaliate, it becomes easier to do it again. If somebody does something wrong to someone else and they retaliate, the law of escalation says that other person is going to retaliate back harder. And then harder. I better and retaliate hard. even harder. You've heard of the Hatfield and McCoys. It got right. bigger and bigger. And you can, it's just, it's the law of retaliation. The only way, of course, to diffuse that is in Romans chapter 12 when God says, you want to, you want to blow your enemy's mind when they're cruel to you, you be nice to them. It'd be like heaping coals of fire on their head. However, there won't be the law of retaliation. It will not escalate. Right. See, so that's in that that scripture is in reference to um, when Paul says that God says, "Vengeance is mine; I, I, sh- will, I will repay." Yeah, and then it goes on to say how God is going to repay. He's going to use His children to retaliate, quote unquote, in a fashion that's kind and gentle and loving, and it's like heaping coals of fire. God, God wants wants everybody to be saved, mm-hmm. and so. I mean, just think about it. Stephen, when he in the in heaven meets up with Paul, what kind of conversation is that going to be? Mm-hmm. If Paul had a retaliatory mind, he would say, "Why, why is this guy here?" But in Stephen's going to say, "Well, this this guy's he held everybody's coats and egged them on when they stoned me." Right. But but what's going to happen? They're going to hug each other. Oh, you're here. That's what happens to our enemies is God wins them. Right. And so that's what I was going to say is that God's retaliation is 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 reaching out and taking vengeance on the the infection, the infection of, of sin. Of sin that's in all of us. Just like a doctor that does not treat the s- symptoms but treats the disease. The root, he, the the root, root cause. cause. And it's painful. Right. And so then this is why our scripture... Matthew 5:11 Blessed are ye when men shall revile you because you know 
when people when men revile you you know you're on the right track it's better to be the persecuted <laughs> than, than the, persecute- the persecutor right um that's You'll notice that through the Bible. Well, you know what? And you can see that. In, you can practice that principle in your daily life. Right. You can, you can, you can see where, the, where you have a disagreement with somebody, and they come at you, and your natural thing is to go at them. Well, right. do the four steps of what we talked about and yeah. recognize, you know, become aware of what your position is and how you can change the whole scope of the situation right. by your actions. Yeah, in the law of escalation, you will notice that the person that does not have the truth on their side only has the volume knob. Right. They will speak louder and louder and louder. Um, so let's talk a little bit about slander and insults. Okay. Just a little bit about slander and insults. Mm-hmm. We, you uh, being abused as a child— Yes. Would you now, looking back on it, would you rather have still lived your life as an abused child or would you have rather lived your life as the, your abuser? Right. So I, I was very young and I was sexually molested over many years. And, um, you know, you always are looking for that vengeance. But as I've gone through being a drug addict and now a clean and sober and and on my way to restoration I can look back and I can say you know I would I wouldn't change positions with my abuser because the damage that the abuser incurred while abusing you is very hard to shake no how matter how you, you know right so I went through my own thing and I really messed my life up for a very long time and I blamed everybody I blamed my I just blamed everybody instead of looking at my own actions because at some point I had responsibility and so I was able to even though I went through all that I was able to heal it still affects me but I was able to heal but you know what happens to the person who's really committing the sin, and that's what God is trying to teach each and every one of right, us. Right, because we abuse people in different ways, mainly when we think we're right. Right. That's a lot of the times is we want to stand up, and sometimes that cunning ego of ours comes around the corner and says, "Yeah, but you're right. You have a right to raise your voice. You have a right to make your point harder." You have a right to control them because they are wrong. Right. You have, and that ego comes around and it rears its ugly head. And the next thing you know, we're involved in something up to our eyeballs that we don't know com- the complete picture about. Exactly. You know? Right. We only see things from the from the view of our vision our and, and our imagination. Oh yeah, our little curved lens. Right. Everybody looks through a curved lens. Nobody has the clear picture that Jesus did. Exactly. Nobody exactly. on this planet. Right. We're all looking through a twisted lens yeah. of some sort. We've got to give everybody room to look through their own little twisted lens a little bit. Absolutely. You don't put yourself in danger or someone else in no. danger, but you allow people to be who they are. Be, to be free and, th- and yes. be, to be able to think what they need to think. And that being that way opens them up to other opinions. But being censor- but censoring people does not open them up to other opinions. And, and, you know, that can be, um, it's just like with a drug addict that goes to jail. 
you know, you try to go in, the, a parent will try to go in and manage the situation mm-hmm. for the person yeah. that's that's doing, that's breaking the law. Right. And and they're not allowing the, the drug addict to take accountability take for accountability. their actions as to why they ended up in jail. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes and we a, have to... the parent puts themselves in the place of what should be happening. Yeah, we lose perspective that right. actions have yeah. consequences. They're predictable. Actions are predictable. I want to ruin my marriage, I stop at a strip bar. It's predictable. And so we have these, you know, and so if we remove the repercussions from predictability, then people lose their perspective and they continue down that wrong road. Right. That's addiction. We're going to have to wrap it up. That was, seems like a very that quick. Fast. It was yeah. a fast program, very fast. I want to thank everybody for listening, and you know they'll give a number at the end of the program here. Uh, remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Our Father who art in heaven. for listening to the Temple of the Mind on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening, and remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.